Welcome to another exciting message from Journey Church, meeting weekly in Northwest Calgary. At Journey Church, we're encountering God and embracing people. Welcome. I just wanted to take a minute and explain our At The Movies message series. I'm so glad to have all of you here with us today. This At The Movies series is very different than most of our teaching here at Journey Church. All of our teaching, just to be clear, comes from the Bible. We believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God written through many authors over a period of time. These biblical truths never change. But the method of delivery often does so that we can stay relevant to a changing world. This is a very different kind of series because of something that Jesus did. You see, when Jesus taught spiritual truths, he used modern day stories to bring the truth to life. In the Bible, they're called parables. Well, this series does the same thing. We're taking modern day stories, movies, to help us understand spiritual truth. So my prayer for you is that you would hear the voice of God in the message presented. Welcome to week one in our At The Movies series, The Chronicles of Narnia. Let me give you a little bit of a synopsis here. We're looking at the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe today. During the World War II bombings of London, four English siblings are sent to a country house where they'll be safe. One day, Lucy finds a wardrobe that transports her to a magical world called Narnia. After coming back, she soon returns to Narnia with her brothers, Peter and Edmund, and her sister Susan. There they join the magical lion, Aslan, in the fight against the evil white witch, Jadis. Let's take a look. Pass me that chalk. Action.
you're told. Chronicles of Narnia. We're looking at the Lion, the Witch, the Wardrobe. The, uh, it was written by C.S. Lewis. By the way, does anybody know what C.S. in C.S. Lewis stands for? If any of you wondering what the C.S. stands for, his name is actually Clive Staples Lewis. And now you know why they call him C.S. Lewis. All right? So um, C.S. Lewis had also another friend at this time that when he was writing stories and writing uh, another famous guy by the name of J.R.R. Tolkien, and uh, who wrote The Lord of the Rings. Both of them worked together at Oxford and uh, in England, and these are some pretty smart guys. So uh, I've been thinking about this, and I noticed that a lot of smart guys use initials in their names. So I wanted to just kind of present this to you today. Uh, my name is David. In, in Italian, it's actually Davide, Filippo di Sabatino. Now I've just told everyone, now they're going to mock me for my Italian name. So I was thinking maybe I'd go with D.F. de Sabatino. What do you guys think? I did not think you would go for it at all. So I was just kidding. I'm going to go by Dave. Some of you call me P.D., Pastor Dave. Whatever you want to call me, just don't call me late for dinner. All right, that's a bad joke. I had to throw that one in there. Anyway, um, you know, C.S. was, C.S. Lewis was born and raised in the Church of Ireland. And at a very early age was confirmed and baptized in the church. But at the age of 15, he decided to, to become an atheist. That was his decision. After all of his experiences in the church... He decided in his own words that this is way too hard. This church thing, not for me. It's just way too hard, too difficult. And anything that's really this difficult shows me that there's no God whatsoever. It just seems too complicated. And so he found no life in it. He found no joy in it. And he decided to walk away from his faith. And so from the age of 15 to about 29 years of age, he went on a journey away from God. Interesting. We are trying to call people to a journey toward God. And that's why we prophetically named this church Journey Church, because we believe that we're all on a journey. We're hoping that by the end of today, some of you would find your hope and life and joy in Christ Jesus. And we're going to share a little bit of that today and what that's all about. And so, he, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, at, at age 29, uh, wrote a number of books and, and wrote, was the author of Lord of the Rings. He influenced Lewis's life towards Christ. He spent a couple of years examining the truths of Christianity. And then at the age of 31, Tolkien had a, an encounter with Christ. He just found who Jesus is and what he was all about. And he gave his heart to Jesus. And in a few moments today, we're going to ask you to do the same thing. And so I'm going to prep you now and get you ready for what the real ask is today. I'm glad you got some popcorn. And here's the, here's the catch. Not really. I want to leave that up to you and, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. But, but really, we're going to ask that question. And so he wrote this autobiography among many books. An autobiography called Surprised by Joy. I like that. Just surprised by joy. 
Because the real turning point in his life and his discovery of how much joy there was in knowing Christ. And maybe some of you would say the same thing. I know Jesus and it is super exciting. Others of you go, maybe I don't know Jesus because it just seems hard at times. And a lot of people have the wrong view of God. And, And the scripture says this in Ephesians 4. I'd like to use the Bible to kind of give us a foundation of what we're talking about. Not just fancy words and articulate ways of saying it, but we stand on the word of God today. And so in the New Testament, there's a book called Ephesians. In 4.18, it says this in the Living uh, Translation. Many are far from the life of God because they have shut their minds against him so they can't understand his ways. That's what the Bible says today. But if you could understand his ways, just like C.S. Lewis, you would be, I believe, surprised by joy. I believe that the joy that would come into your life as you get to know Jesus would really surprise you. And if, if you're here today and you're not interested in God, I think that maybe it could be that you've based it on some bad information. You know, you didn't get the full picture. Maybe you didn't get, you got the, the Cliff's notes, the Cole's notes of what Jesus is all about. And you got the bad, some bad information. Maybe you've had a bad experience in church or you've been disappointed with people. Welcome to the world. People disappoint us. The church can disappoint us sometimes. But I'll tell you this, God will never disappoint you. So wherever you're coming from, whatever your, your life looks like today, I'm asking you to dig in a little bit and hear what God wants to say. Maybe you had just a bad experience. I'm going to encourage you to do the same thing that C.S. Lewis did and consider that it may be actually something that you would enjoy. So I'm asking you for the next 20, 30 minutes to open your heart, open your mind to potentially allowing God to come in, to speak to you, to to hear the voice of God himself based on some good information that you're going to get today. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to share with every one of you the very simple gospel truth. Maybe you've never heard the truth today and you're here because someone invited you. They said there's going to be popcorn in church. Yeah, I'm going wherever there's popcorn. I don't know why you're here. I believe God has a plan and he has an appointment with you today. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants to invite you in his family. And so we're going to use this movie to illustrate some of these thoughts today. So the movie goes, really gives us a beautiful picture of what God's plan is for us. The story of God. God's story begins with the creation of mankind. He created human beings. And right from the very first book of the Bible in Genesis, he gives us his his story for why we're created. Simply, our purpose in life is to give God glory. To give him glory in our lives, in everything that we do. You can't hide yourself from God. You can't try to pretend like he's not there. And maybe some of you have done that over the period of time. But God is here for you today and has a plan and he has a purpose for you. And he simply wants you to give him glory and have dominion over this earth. To take care of the land he's given us. To take care of this wonderful wonderful creation he's given us. 
everything that the enemy, the devil, has brought into this world. God wants us to serve God himself as kings and as priests, that the Bible talks about, over the enemy and, and, and over the darkness of the enemy. The problem is that, that mankind went their own way. Decided, some people decided to choose God and others decided to choose their own way. To write a story apart from God's story. And so this story, Narnia, illustrates his story. Narnia was supposed to be a love story of God's plan for a family. The two sons of Adam and the two, son, two daughters of Eve. But the story gets interrupted when one of them, Edmund, one of the characters, Edmund, is seduced by the devil and it turns his back on God's story. Let's take a look at this clip. Can I say? Son of Adam? Uh, Edmund. And how, Edmund, did you come to enter my dominion? I I'm not sure. I, I was just following my sister. Your sister? How many are you? Four. Lucy's the only one that's been here before. She said she met some fawn called T Tumnus. Peter and Susan didn't believe her. I didn't either. Edmund, you look so cold. Come sit with me. How about something hot to drink? Yes, please. Your Majesty. Your drink, sire. How did you do that? I can make anything you like. Can you make me taller? <laughs> Anything you'd like to eat. Turkish delight? Edmund, I would very much like to meet the rest of your family. They're nothing special. Oh, I'm sure they're not nearly as delightful as you are. But you see, Edmund, I have no children of my own. 
And you are exactly the sort of boy who I could see one day becoming Prince of Narnia. Maybe even king. Really? Of course, you'd have to bring your family. Oh, uh, do you mean Peter would be king too? No, no, no. But a king needs servants. I guess I could bring. Beyond these woods, you see those two hills? My house is right between them. You'd love it there, Edmund. It has whole rooms simply stuffed with Turkish delight. Couldn't I have this more now? No! Besides, you and I are going to be seeing each other again very soon, aren't we? I hope so. Your Majesty. Until then, dear one. Hmm, I'm going to miss you. I want you to, to notice something in this movie that's true in God's story. And that is that the, all, the enemy always tempts us away from God's plan for our lives. He always tempts us with things that are simply not true. There were not whole rooms filled with Turkish delight, as she promises. And everything the devil has, has told you isn't true either. Maybe you've heard some things, some promises in your life that you were hanging on to. And they just haven't come true. You see, the enemy... The devil. It's okay to say the devil in church. I'm just, you know. It's okay. We believe there is a devil. There is an enemy. He'll promise you everything. And then he'll immediately betray you. In fact, the Bible says this in 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bible, go there. If not, take a look at the screen here. 11:14. That Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Wasn't she beautiful? White, gorgeous, glistening, had all the beauty. In other words, he will offer you something, some Turkish delight, and say, oh, doesn't that taste good? Now, I know you came in this morning and we gave you some Turkish delight. Listen, I'm sorry. It was just a tasty treat to make you think about what we're about to talk about. We have no ulterior motives. You know, I like this better than, than what God has for me. Well, what is that temptation that you're hanging on to? This just seems so much better and tasty and wonderful. And this is something I want to hold on to instead of what God has for my life. What is that Turkish delight? That thing that you can't live without, that you just want to hold on to. And I want to tell you, I did that for a number of years. I, I, I followed the things that seem to be appealing and enticing in this world and it ended me down a path of destruction and emptiness and loneliness and I'm here to say today you don't have to take the Turkish delight because it will end nowhere well it didn't take long for me to realize that my life was falling apart and it was falling apart fast Satan never delivers on his promise. 
Can I say that again? Satan never delivers on his promise. He will promise you the world. He will promise you glitz and the glam and everything that seems wonderful in this world. But he never promise, never can, never adds up. Ever does it ever add up. It's, it looks good, but it is a lie. The Bible says this in John 8, 44. Jesus described the devil and he said, there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. I like that. I was, when he lies, he speaks his native language. He is a liar and a father of lies. Man, that's strong language. But Jesus knew exactly who the enemy was. And he knew what he was all about. And I'm here to remind you today that the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. There is no truth to him. What he speaks is his native language. And he couldn't even help himself if he wanted to. He's a liar. And here's the tragedy. Every time we fall for the bait, we end up in bondage or as a prisoner of the enemy. Let's take a look at this next scene. I suppose you are not a total loss then? Are you? Well, I, I was wondering, could, could I maybe have small taggish delight now? Our guest is hungry. This way for your numbers. Morgan? You know what to do. sister all right is she safe what a perfect picture of what happens when we're tempted with sweeties as he says we end up in prison you know, it may not happen immediately, but every time that we decide to take our own path, every time we decide to go our own way, every time we decide to hang on to those promises that were thrown and are, that are lies in our way, we always end up in chains. Story depicts that and shows us that, that there is bondage and darkness at the end of that. And here's how Jesus said it. He said it in John 10.10, 10, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I heard an old preacher say, sin will take us further than we wanted to go, keep us longer than we wanted to stay, and cost us more than we wanted to pay. But here's something you may know about those choices, and I love the way C.S. Lewis shows it in the story. And this is when we go our own way, we actually become 
the property of the devil. When we go our own way, we become the devil's property. Every time we buy into his lies, our blood is his property. Man, this is not something we talk about every Sunday, is this? Well, why is this? It's because we stepped away from God's story. We stepped away from God's plan for our lives, and we lived, literally stepped into the enemy's story, the enemy's domain. And now he has the legal right to hold us, to bind us, to keep us as prisoners. So, so what do we do about that? Well, we can't just be sorry. I'm sorry. I messed up. You can't give money to pay for it. You can't be nice to people to fix, to fix it. You can't just say, I'm sorry. You can't, you, you can't just obey the Ten Commandments and fix it. We become the property of the enemy. Our blood is his property. The only thing that fixes it, interestingly enough, is blood. Is this guy talking about today? This is the first time in church. Why are you talking about blood? The only way you can pay for sin is with blood. You read the scriptures. This is what it talks about. The Bible says it clearly in Romans 6, verses 23. Scripture says, for the wages, that's another word for the payment or the price tag. For the wages of sin is what? Is death. But here's the good news. There's a gift that's given to us, and it's a free gift. The Bible says that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You follow the enemy, you follow his path, you follow uh, the, the plan of the enemy for your life, and the wages of sin is death, it's destruction, it's prison, it's chains, it's bondage. But God says, I will send you a Savior. His name is Jesus, and I will make a way out for you. You can have life, and more abundantly with me. And that's the story of Jesus. That's the story of God for us. You say, Dave, what does this mean? That means that, that Jesus saw us commit sin. Jesus saw us in our, in our muck, in our mire. He saw us become property of the enemy. And instead of paying for our sin, he decided to come and give his life on the cross for us. To pay our bill. A debt we could not pay. There's no way we could get ourselves out of this jam. That's why I tell people all the time that hell's not a place that God sends pe people that he's mad at. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Hell's just a place that we go if we think we can pay for it. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to give us purpose and joy and a way out of this mess. God doesn't want you to do it on your own. Instead, he wanted to come into your life. He wanted to pay the price and give you a way to escape out of paying for your sin. This is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of God's story for us. And if you ever realized really what he did for you, it would blow you away. I remember going through this these scenes, and you're going to see this in just a minute. And watching this movie, 
staff would come into my office like, what are you doing? It just seemed like you're watching movies for months now. I was. Research. I remember watching this scene. It reminded me the first time I watched it. And it came to the scene where Aslan, he steps in to negotiate for the life of Edmund. And then is tortured. Tortured, brutalized for something that Edmund did. I literally wept when I thought about this is the story of God. This is the story of Jesus for us. And I want you to think about this as you look at this scene and think about what Jesus did for you and I. It is time. From here, I must go on alone. But Aslan... You have to trust me, for this must be done. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Lucy. And farewell.
Just kind of let that sink in for a second. I, mean, the, I remember the first time I saw that scene, watched that scene. My first thought was, I wish Aslan wouldn't have done it. Because I really didn't like the Edmund character. And that's actually the beauty of what C.S. Lewis is trying to show us here. That Aslan did it for someone who really didn't deserve it. Think about that. He gave his life for someone who didn't really deserve it. Guilty. I didn't deserve it. But Jesus gave his life for me. And I think that's the part of the story that surprised C.S. Lewis. The part that drew him to God. And God allowed his son to be mistreated. And then for people to not receive him. Truth is that none of us deserve. None of us deserve it. We all turn our back on God to some degree at some point in our lives. And our sin was the reason that Jesus had to die. Now just listen to this verse and think about what Jesus did for you, for you and me. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. If you have your Bibles, go ahead, take a look or write this down. Go to your phone and look this one up because you'll want to look at it again later. Verses 5 through 10. I'm reading from the message version. It says this in Isaiah. But it was for our sins... That did that to him. That ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. I like that. We're all like sheep who wandered off and had gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled on our sins. Everything we've done wrong on him. On him. He was beaten. He was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to, to be slaughtered, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was let off, and, and did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten, bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, threw him in a grave with a rich man. Even though he had never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true, still it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he gave himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life. Life. And more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. You will never find another expression of love from anyone else. More than what Jesus did for you. Even the people that love you the most. You will never find an expression of love more important. Her life transformational than what Jesus has done for you. Jesus, in his mercy, he steps in. And he says, I want everyone back to the family. 
hold the hold it right there everyone i want everyone back to the fold no matter what they've done even edmund i want him back in my story i'll pay the price jesus says i will take on the sin of the world i will defeat it i will crush the enemy and here's the cool part something that the devil was not planning on and had no clue that would happen is that Jesus wouldn't just die. But he would rise again. He would come up and live again. He came running in from the tomb. They, they found the tomb empty and the angel sitting on top of the stone with a sign that said in Luke 24 verse 6, He's not here. He is alive. He's risen. That's the story of Jesus. That's the God's story. And that, my friend, is the significant part of the story of God. And here's why. God did all of it to return you back to his story. He's got a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And I am so thankful when I was running away from the plan of God for my life, God stopped me in my tracks and reminded me of what the purpose was, of what the hope I have in Jesus is. And today, maybe you're sitting here going, I don't understand what I'm doing in my life. I don't know what my purpose is. I want to stop you right where you are. Trust Jesus. Follow him. Watch him. He's got a plan for your life. The cross paid for your mistakes, but the resurrection now gives you the power to conquer the devil. Let's take a look at this final scene here. Are you with me? To the death. Bernardia! She might have interpreted the deep magic differently. That when a willing victim who has committed no treachery is killed in a traitor's stead, the stone table will crack, and even death itself would turn backwards. We sent the news that you were dead. Peter and Evan will have gone to war. We have to help them. 
We will, dear one, but not alone. Climb on my back. We have far to go and little time to get there. ask you to just bow your heads all across this room today. Eyes closed. It's decision time. Hopefully today you've understood God's story. We've presented it in a way that helps you be reminded maybe for the very first time you're hearing this story and you're saying, man, I want that kind of joy in my life. I need purpose. I need to just, just figure out what my life is all about. And I'm so thankful that Jesus came to rescue me to take me away from this sin in this world of, of hurt and pain. And I'm not here to lie to you today to say that if you come to Jesus, everything's going to be all figured out. Listen, the truth is you may still have some hurt and some pain, but there is a real sense of joy and purpose that God gives to every person who calls on his name. There's hope. How many people need hope? We all need hope. You look around this world for more than three seconds and you recognize that this world is in problem. We've got problems everywhere we look. There's challenges in our society and politics and the world scene and business and everywhere around us. It seems like there's pain, there's sorrow, there's, there's hurt. But Jesus came to give us life and to give it to us to the full, more abundantly. And he has a plan for you today. And he wants to give you life. He wants to take you from the prison, the shackles, the bondage that you've been faced with and feeling. And you feel like you had no way out. Jesus gives you a way out today. That's the incredible good news. What do you have to do to receive Jesus in your life? What do you have to do to take hold of this promise of what Jesus has done for me? Well, it's simple. The Bible says this in John chapter 1. It spells it out pretty clearly. It says this, to those who received him, to those who would believe on his name. You see, he invites you back to his family. He would give the right to be a child of God. So all you have to do today is just say, Jesus, I need you. I want you into my life. I want to be part of the family. I don't want to do this life on my own. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I want, I want to be a part of the heir. I want to be part of the kingdom of God. And show me how to do that. I don't have all the answers. I'm not sure how to do it. But if you trust him and you put your faith in him today, he's going to give you incredible joy. He's going to give you life and a desire more than you've ever could have dreamed of. Maybe you're here today and you feel far from God. You know there's a barrier in your life somewhere. There's some sort of distance between you and God. You know you're on the outside of the story that God has for you. You feel it. You know it. You're just not part of the family. You're not part of the group. Maybe you've experienced betrayal in your life. Maybe you've been hurt in the church. Maybe you've listened to the lies of the devil for just way too long. You're already feeling the chains and, and the bondage. You're away from God for whatever reason today. And you're saying, Dave, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to give my life to God. I need God to receive. I need to receive his payment for my sin. I'm not talking about joining this church. 
I'm not saying we need all your money. That's not what I'm saying here today. I'm not talking about more religion. I'm talking about receiving the greatest gift you could ever receive. And that's God's love for you today. I'm talking to those in the room today that may be like C.S. Lewis, who went to church a long time ago. And maybe you've been turned off by church. And now you're ready to come home. You're ready to receive the love of Jesus Christ, finally. Maybe you're praying for a lost loved one today. Keep praying. Keep seeking God. He's going to answer your prayer. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you feel far from God and from his love. And, and you're re ready to renew your commitment to him. And you want to give your life fully to God today. So you've got your heads bowed, your eyes are closed. All across this room, I want to invite you to receive and believe. I want you to receive what he did and put your faith in him. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to sing a song. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come front, come forward in any way. But I want to ask you today, yeah, maybe that's you. Please, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm ready to come back to God. I need to get my relationship right. I want to receive the greatest joy I could ever receive, greatest expression of love ever that I have ever understood. I want to be a child of God. I'm ready to come back to the family. Right now, as you're making that decision, you're saying, Dave, when you pray this commitment prayer today, I want to be included in that prayer. And if that's you right now, I want you to have the boldness and just lift your hand as high as you can and then put it back down. On the count of three, I want to see that hand. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. All across this room, can we all stand to our feet? You can put your hands down. Everyone all across this room. Lots of hands been raised this morning saying, I want Jesus. Let me pray for you. All across this room, would you just pray, repeat this prayer after me, everyone. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, nice and loud, thank you for sending Jesus for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I turn from wickedness and turn towards Jesus. Forgive me, Lord. I receive what you have, your gift of love. Help me to walk all, the, all my days with you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, let's give God praise in this house for people making real decisions to serve God. Let me continue praying for you all across this room. Maybe you're here today and, and you've made a decision to serve him, but you feel far, you feel lost, you feel like no one cares, you can't hear the voice of God anymore. For whatever reason, there's been barriers in your life all across this room. If you're here today and you're saying, yeah, that's me, Pastor Dave, would you remember me as before we leave today? I need him to come in and change and transform my life. If that's you, just lift your hands to heaven. We'll pray for you today. God, you see those in this room 
all across this place that are calling on your name, that are saying, Lord, we need you. I need to be closer to you. I've let something get in the middle of my relationship with you. And today, I, I turn from the wickedness. I turn from not following you and turn and trust in you today. I ask that you would put me back on solid foundation. Put me back into relationship with you. God, thank you for allowing me to come home. God is welcoming you right now all across this room. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. God, may you just bless your people today. God, thank you for calling those who are far from you now close to you. We give you the glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you made that decision to serve Jesus for the very first time, I'm going to be standing right here at the front. I would love to chat with you. I'd love to put some information in your hand. Like, now what? Now what do you do? What are the steps towards finding Christ, following him? I want to help you. We want to walk with you. If you need a place to connect, we'd love to help you. And we're not saying you're signing up and joining this church. It's up to you. That's God's work in your life. We're so thankful that you're here. Listen, I want to invite you back here next week as we look at the movie Wonder. As we talk about that and, and allow God to speak to us through these incredible stories. And so if you want to take a look at that movie this week, go online, find that movie, and uh, do your research. Do your research. I want to bless you today. God bless your people. May we go in your peace today. We have an incredible week. Enjoying the last bits of summer. We thank you for this glorious creation you've given us. God, may we have just a blessing in your, in your uh, creation. And Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this house, in this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day. Thanks for listening to us today. For more information about who we are, head over to myjourney.church or look for us on your favorite social media outlet.